to me, okay, to me. Ultimately, martial art means honestly expressing yourself. Now, it is very difficult to do. I mean, it is, it is easy for me to put on a show and be cocky yeah. and be flooded with a cocky feeling and then yeah. feel like pretty cool and all that. Or I can make all kinds of phony things, you see what I mean? Blinded by it. Or I can show you some really fancy movement. But to express oneself honestly, not lying to oneself, and to express myself honestly, not that, my friend, is very hard to do and you have to train you have to keep your reflexes so that when you want it it's there the expression of the human body I mean the f everything I mean you know not just the hand and when you're talking about combat well I mean if, if, it, if it is a sport now now you're talking about something else you have regulations you have rules but when you're talking about fighting as it is oh, rules. with no rules no, no fighting. well then baby you better train every part of your body I'm not surprised, mother... I'm not impressed by your performance. What's up? Where you at, George? I like Big Dumb McCartney pulling me about, folks. That's how I like to roll. You feel me? Nobody gonna take this bed. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I'm proud for fighting with you. For you. Don't bring the dog out of me. I'm the man of the hour, Joe. Too sweet to be sour. What you see is what you get, and what you don't is better yet. I fight for the fans. I wanted to keep fighting as long as it took, and I wanted to win this title. Thank you, everybody, for coming out. I did I don't have much left to say other than you have seen nothing yet. <laughs> Running water never grows stale, so you gotta just keep on flowing. Aloha, Penn Nation. You're now tuned in to yet another edition of BJPenn.com Radio. As always, guys, each and every week, I'm your host, Jay Kinch. We have another great show lined up for you fine folks this evening. BJPenn.com Radio, we are live each and every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. And we continue to bring you guys the best possible guests, best possible conversations as well. And again, tonight is no different. We are the Fighter's Voice. We're all about giving these athletes a platform to speak their hearts and minds without any bias. We're also the voice of you guys, the fans. And we greatly appreciate all the love and support, Penn Nation. Uh, tonight's lineup is another, is another great one, as I had mentioned. But before we get into that, as I tell you guys each and every week, your home for MMA news is BJPenn.com. Make sure you guys bookmark us, BJPenn.com forward slash MMA news, for all the latest and greatest in the sport that you love in mixed martial arts. All the hot topics, the breaking news, viral videos, exclusive content, everything that you crave, all in one place, my friends. Uh, not to mention the technique videos, as I've said each week, uh, from some of the best athletes in combat sports today. BJPenn.com is the largest independently owned and operated MMA news site out there today. We have, we are no subsidiary of a larger group, and uh, you guys all make that possible. We greatly, greatly appreciate it. Uh, so listen... It's a Christmas episode, BJPenn.com, radio episode 63. It's been a hell of a, one, hell of a time getting here, friends. 
A lot of technical issues that we've run into with our system. Chances are we're going to change things up going forward and uh, try to do this through YouTube live broadcast. That seems to be the way to go. But nonetheless, we're going to make tonight work. I'm going to do my best to bring you guys uh, these two really cool interviews uh, that I did earlier today. First up, first guest of the evening, after I get through some news, one of the most exciting young prospects to, to join the UFC roster, coming off his win at the Tough 26 uh, finale, Sugar Sean O'Malley. He was a competitor on Dana White's uh, looking for or Dana White's Contender Series, Tuesday Night Contender Series. Made his UFC debut, was successful, got the unanimous decision. However, you will hear in our conversation, he was not happy with that. He much much would have uh, much would have rathered to get a finish, as most fighters would. But nonetheless, a win's a win. First time speaking with Sean, young kid, very talented. He's only 23 years of age. He's 5'11", fighting at 135. Tons of talent, very exciting to watch. And definitely a guy to keep your eye on. Future champ in the making, definitely a breakout star in the making. And we had a really cool conversation. We're going to recap the fight from Tough 26. We're going to talk a bit about the future for him, what he thinks is is his next uh, opponent, when he thinks that will be, his thoughts on the division, the landscape of the division, the title hunt, TJ Dillashaw possibly fighting Demetrius Johnson, how he matches up, Sean O'Malley himself, how he matches up with some of the elite in the division. And, of course, we're going to talk about the backstage experience, smoking a little reefer, the devil's lettuce, the giggle bush, with Snoop Dogg. Very cool stuff. Again, awesome conversation with Sean. First time having him on the show. Look forward to having him on again. Charismatic, talented. If the stars align, he will definitely be a big deal in the sport. Second guest of the evening, closing out tonight's show. (laughs) This man single-handedly destroyed the hearts of so many sci-fi fans out there. Only took him one tweet. A bad guy playing that heel role to a T. Good friend to BJPenn.com, Colby Chaos Covington. Rafael Dos Anjos defeating Robbie Lawler over the weekend. <clears throat> Calls out Tyron Woodley. Uh, wants, a, wants a title shot against Tyron next. And Colby sure has plenty, of, plenty to say about that. Talk about RDA, Woodley, the beef with Kenny Florian that came up this past week, the beef with Chase Sherman that has come up this past week. All in the crosshairs of Kobe as of late. Has plenty to say about all of those guys. And of course, we're going to discuss the situation with the Star Wars spoiler. Uh, I guess I'll refrain from spoiling it for everyone, but at the same time, the kind of backlash that he's talking about that he got you guys will hear it here in just a little bit. Totally uncalled for. And it says a lot about the culture that we live in today where people are willing to make death threats over spoiling a movie when there are much bigger problems in the world today. So two great guests, an up-and-coming prospect, a guy that's been calling for a title shot for quite some time now and a good friend of the show. 
another awesome episode of BJPenn.com Radio. Christmas special. Christmas with chaos, if you will. A little sugar and chaos for you guys this holiday season from all of us at BJPenn.com. Before we get into news, also big shout out to my good friend, Tom Taylor, one of the gentlemen from the site. We had had an interview fall through, and we have another one lined up for tomorrow. However, that does not work for tonight. Uh, So Tom went out of his way to to get us, Sean, uh, last minute. And, and again, big, big thank you uh, to Tom Taylor. So we're going to keep it brief for the holiday, but let's talk about big winners over the weekend. Obviously, Hapiel Dos Anjos, Santiago Ponzinibbio, and of course, Josh Emmett. Uh, RDA did very well, and I think we all expected uh, the fight to be much more competitive. Says he wants the title shot. Of course, you're going to hear uh, Kobe's response to that in a little bit, but uh, landed a really long combo, looked very impressive in there against Robbie Lawler. And I don't know whether this is uh, an example of how great RDA can be or if Robbie Lawler is really slowing down. Tough to tell at this point. Nonetheless, very good performance from Rafael Dos Anjos. Um, and he is looking for the title shot next. Steven Wonderboy Thompson has uh, said that he would like to fight RDA. Uh, but it seems that Rafael is not interested in that fight at this point either. Um, Santiago Ponzinibbio and Mike Perry, uh, they were one and one going into the third round, in my opinion. Uh, shout out to our good friend, Mike Perry. Uh, we all know he'll be back soon and in the win column. Great fight, nonetheless. Back and forth battle. Uh, both guys put put it all out there, and, and you can't, can't be ashamed of that. And, of course, Josh Emmett. Guy shocked the world with that KO of Ricardo Lamas. Definitely another guy to keep your eye on. Very impressive stuff from him. Glover Teixeira back in the win column. Following the beatdown of Misha Serkinov. Misha, very great grappler, had nothing for Glover Teixeira on the ground. Glover, with that win, back in the win column. Not showing a ton of interest in fighting Jimmy Manoa in London. You heard that here on on last week's show. Jimmy is very interested in fighting Glover he wanted the winner of this fight, whether whether it was Glover or Misha Serkinov. Uh, he wanted them to fight in London, felt it was enough time, uh, but it seems like Glover might not be down for that. Other news from this week, Floyd Mayweather had said that the UFC offered him a billion-dollar contract, four-fight deal, or something of that nature. Dana White confirmed that they were in talks, and then now Floyd has squashed all of those rumors entirely just in the past hour or so did all of us think that he would realistically come to MMA probably not was the you'll hear Sean O'Malley make a great point about this was the UFC going to get into boxing promotion and have Floyd fight under their under their banner that's possible but again, the likelihood of him coming over into the octagon to compete in mixed martial arts did not seem like a wise decision. Uh, you've heard Chael Sonnen say it, where there's smoke, there's fire. However, it seems that Floyd has put that fire out at this point. Huh. Sorry, I'm getting messages here. To the week. This is very sad stuff, folks. The tragic death of legendary MMA coach Robert Follis. Uh, Robert was one of the Team Quest pioneers from back in the day, you know, with uh, Randy Couture, 
Dan Henderson, Matt Linlin. He was loved by so many fighters. Uh, he was currently coaching at, at Extreme Couture, had been doing so for years, and the news of his apparent suicide ha- has really, really shocked the MMA community. Very tragic, very sad. Uh, Pat Militich said something that, that Robert had reached out to him a few, a few days before to chat, and, and Pat is now realizing that, that it was his way of saying goodbye. Um, listen, folks, suicide is preventable, you know. Uh, we all know somebody that's affected by it, whether it be a family member, a friend. It's very sad and unfortunate stuff, but do what you can to love each other and, you know, and reach out to the people that you love. You know, sometimes it's that littlest bit of effort that can really save somebody's life. So heartbreaking news for the MMA community. There's going to be an open mat grappling session, I believe, at Team Quest or Extreme Couture. I have to double check on that, but that's going to be coming up. It's going to be open to the public. Uh, they want everybody to come train, have some beers, and then reminisce about the life of Robert Fallis. Truly will be missed. Again, one of the pioneers of MMA and MMA coaching. Um, incredible guy. Everybody had great things to say about him and, and very, very tragic and unfortunate. Our heart goes out to his family, his loved ones, his entire team, everyone that has worked with him over the years. And uh, man, rest in peace, Robert Follis. So I hate to end the, set, the, the news on a sad note, but it, it only seemed right to, uh, to wrap it up. Uh, paying tribute to to Robert Fallis. For all the breaking news, guys, from this week, weeks prior, weeks upcoming, you already know where to go, bjpen.com forward slash MMA news. Everything you crave from the sport you love, bjpen.com. We have got you covered, guys. So here's the deal. I'm going to try something a little different for me to run this audio this evening. Wish me luck. <laughs> That's all I got to say. Uh, so again, bear with me for a moment. I'll play a little background music un- until we get there. And uh, yeah, BJPenn.com radio, the fighter's voice. I'm your host, Jay Kinch. Coming up next, hopefully, Sugar Sean O'Malley.
Penn Nation, please welcome to the show one of the UFC's most talked about new prospects, Sugar Sean O'Malley. Thanks for taking the time to speak with us today, Sean. Where are you calling us from? Yeah, no problem. Um, I'm in Phoenix, Arizona. I'm actually at the lab right now. Killer, man. So are you ready for the holidays, spending any time with the family? Uh, no, all my family's back in Montana. Um, I don't think think I'm going to go back. I think I might go back early January, but... Yeah, just hanging out with uh, my, my puppies and my girl. So, so avoiding the holiday, the holiday cheer and just putting in hard work in the gym. Exactly. All right, cool, man. So you're now 20 days removed from your successful UFC debut, unanimous win over uh, Terry and Ware. Uh, having had some time to think about it, how would you rate your performance? Uh, I thought I had a good performance. You know, I got to show uh, my striking techniques, obviously. I got to show my heart, my wrestling. Um, super upset I didn't get the finish. It doesn't like all my other finishes or all my other wins um, are pretty much all finishes. Those feel like after the fight, those feel a lot more, um, a lot. Those feel a lot better than getting a decision win. So I'm not not too happy about it, but you know I still got the win. So well, and I learned a lot about myself. So it was, it was good. So aside from uh, you know not being able to finish your opponent, disconnected. Win under your belt. Yeah, it feels good. Just like it just, just doesn't feel the same as uh, getting the finish. You know, that's what I train for is the finish. It's what I really fight for is I want to get the finish. So it just it is. It you know I got an extra paycheck at the end of it. So with all that all that's being good, but I I really like I really want the finish. So it, it doesn't sit right with me. Well, that that certainly lends itself to the type of competitor that you are. Um, you know, we hear a lot, a lot of guys talk about how much, how life-changing it is to, to get into the UFC. Has your life changed at all since you've joined the roster? Um, not really. I bought a house. Um, but after that, you know, same thing, training. Um, so nothing really, nothing really has changed. Just training still, you know, I'm around the same people I am before. So it's, everything's pretty much the same. You just have a bigger number in the bank account. Right, right. <laughs> nothing wrong with that man yeah <laughs> so there's a lot of hype behind you man you know being such an exciting undefeated prospect uh you know it would not be surprising if the ufc fast-tracked you and uh gave you a quick turnaround for for a big name opponent moving forward is there any word yet on your next fight and any offers on the table at this point um that andre suka something called me out i guess on twitter i saw so i think we're gonna try and fight him um you know i'm not None of that's official. I don't know. Um, I mean, obviously, he called me out, so he's probably down to take the fight. Uh, I'd like to fight March 3rd in Vegas. I know there's a pay-per-view event there, so I'd like to get on that one. Now, uh, I, he was he was campaigning for the Orlando card, right? When's that? Oh, uh, boy. I want to say that is uh, February or March as well. I could be mistaken, but so you, you want to be on the Vegas card on March 3rd? Yeah, so that's probably what's going to happen. I, you know, I, if he wants to fight me, he'll have to fight me on March 3rd in Vegas. So, <laughs> so tell me, man, I've, uh, Andre is a Rhode Islander. I myself am a Rhode Islander. I've watched him come up in the ranks. Was very happy to see him get his first win in the UFC. Uh, have you watched any tape on him, and, and what do you think about him as a potential opponent? Uh, yeah, I did watch some tape on him, actually. Um, you know, he was on that two-fight losing streak, and then took a short notice fight, um, super short notice fight against a super tough opponent and went and did what he needed to do. So props to him for that. But I think uh, I'm going to go out there and 
outstrike him. You know, that's what I've been doing is to everyone. And that's what I'm going to do to him, too. If that, if, that, if that comes down to it, me versus him, I, I see me finishing him. You know, I'm, I'm going to go out there and, you know, try to finish him like I always do. Now, it's very, it's very easy for guys when, when you have people calling you out, you know, a guy with, with uh, all, the, um, all the hype behind you. It's, it's very easy to, to, to do the matchmaking when guys are asking for fights with you. But if Andre was to fall through for some reason, is there anybody on your radar or any matchups that make sense to you at this point? Um, no, I haven't really looked too into it, actually. I just kind of was going on Twitter one day and saw he called me out. He's you know, obviously coming off a win. Um, and it just seemed, you know, I, I'm, I, I have a feeling that's probably what's going to end up happening. So, you know, I'm just, I don't know. We'll see. I think that's probably what's going to happen. But other than that, I don't know. Okay. So tell us about the pressures of having all this hype surrounding you, man. You know, you, you came into the UFC uh, from the Contender Series. A lot of people wanted to see you fight. Dana White spoke very highly of you. Uh, does that affect you at all? I mean, knowing that, that you have all this pressure to perform and, and put on these incredible shows each and every time you go out? No, uh, not at all. And Dana White supposedly was so jacked up about my fight and it came down to handing out the bonuses and skipped my name out on there. I'm still upset about not getting that fight of the night bonus. I thought that was for sure fight of the night. But other than that, no, I don't feel any extra pressure. I feel like that's just how I fight. I don't really go out there and try to do anything other than do what I've been doing. So it's not like I have to, you know, that's just what I do. I can go back. I've had, you know, go back to when I was 16 years old and I was doing kickboxing fights and I'm doing the same stuff, you know, just kind of, that's how I move. That's how I fight. So no, no extra pressure. Um, at all going into those fights. Now, now you mentioned the uh, fight night bonus there. We've seen a lot of talk, uh, in particular with, with the Ultimate Fighter, and especially with guys on on the undercard. I mean, it, it's appalling to me and to many others to know that some people are out there making 12 and 12. I mean, at this young point of your career, uh, obviously you have to take the opportunities as they come, but uh, it sounds like that, that bonus would have made a big difference for you financially. Fuck yeah. I mean, I made 10 and 10 that fight, and then you got to pay your manager, you got to pay the gym, you got taxes. So really, you ain't making shit, like, right to start out. But uh, it's fine. It's I'm, I'm going to have a long career in the UFC and make a, a lot of money, and then, you know, i got some pretty good sponsorships right now. So it's all fine. Money's not even the, you know, money's not what makes me happy fighting this. So it's, money's just nice to have. Right, right. Well, as a prize fighter, we, we all hope that eventually it gets to a point where, where none of you guys have to struggle or worry about that next paycheck. Uh, you know, you, you know, you go out there and put, put your health on the line for our entertainment, and it, it only seems right to me. But uh, moving on from there, you know, in the past, th- there have been some criticisms of the lighter weight classes, but, you know, today it feels like these divisions stand out as, as some of the best in the UFC, uh, in particular the bantamweight division. What are your thoughts on the current division, you know, the landscape of it? And uh, do you consider it one of the best uh, on the UFC roster? Yeah, it's definitely getting up to, to be one of the best in the in the UFC. You know, welterweight, lightweight. You know, I think welterweight's probably the best. Um, lightweight, and then probably bantamweight, in my opinion. You know, there's a lot of Cody and TJ really brought some hype to the division. Um, so, yeah, there's a ton of badass dudes in the bantamweight division. Now, uh, currently, as you mentioned, being ruled by T.J. Dillashaw, he reclaimed that title from Cody Garbrandt back in November. Uh, what did you think of Dillashaw's win, and um, what do you think of him overall as, as not only as a person but as an athlete? Yeah, that was a fucking 
Or can I say that? Uh, absolutely, absolutely. That was a fucking sweet fight. That was that was one of my favorite fights I've ever watched. Especially when he got dropped. You know, the bell saved him. He comes back. Does what he did. It was it was it was a beautiful performance. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, probably one of my favorite fights I've ever watched. And uh, yeah, he's an amazing athlete. He's uh, you know, I'm sure I'll fight him someday. You know, how old TJ? I don't know how old he is. I want to say he's uh, 32, maybe no older than 35, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, yeah, I'm sure, you know, he's probably someone I'll be fighting someday. He'll never not be at the top of the bantamweight division, so and that's where I'm trying to get to. So, if you're willing to fight someday, yeah, he's a beast. What do you think of uh, his plan to drop the flyweight and challenge Mighty Mouse? You know, do you think he deserves that chance, or should he be focusing on defending his belt at this point? I think that would be sweet if he went down and fought Demetrius. That, I think that's for sure what he should do. I think that's what everyone would want to see. No, Everyone's such a big Demetrius fan, but... Every time he has a fight, no one gets too pumped about it. I think that would be a perfect fight for everyone to get pumped about. Absolutely. I know I'd love to see it, and, and Demetrius certainly needs that money fight, that big-name opponent uh, that can propel him into the stardom that he deserves as well. Um, but, you know, that being said, speaking of Dillashaw, uh, you, you said you expect to fight him down the road here. How do you think you match up with him stylistically? And, you know, not only him for that matter, but some of the elite in that division, like a Cody Garbrandt or, or someone like that. Stylistically, I think I'm going to give everyone uh, trouble. You know, I'm 5'11 at, at 135. It's pretty, you know, I got a pretty good reach, and I'm really good at using my reach and understanding distance and stuff. So I think I'm going to, anybody I fight, I'm going to give them a problem. Any, anybody in the bantamweight division. Um, I'm excited to just keep, you know, I'm only 23 years old. I'm, I'm growing every day. I'm practicing every day, learning stuff every day. So I'm going to be, you know, once I'm 24, 25, I'm going to be fighting for that belt. I'm going to plan on staying at the top for until I retire. So so at just 23, realistically, you think you're maybe uh, two years away from uh, from the eventuality of fighting for the strap? Yeah, that sounds, I think that sounds pretty realistic. Now, is, is there any concern of maybe being uh, pushed up the ranks too quickly based on uh, your popularity so far? Uh, not really, because I, I kind of, you know, I kind of can... I have a say in who I fight as far as, like, I think I got a, a good people around me to to get me to the fights that I need. You know, it's kind of, I don't know. I think Andre's going to be a good opponent. I think he's super tough. and I think he's a, I don't know if he's better or worse than Tarion, but I think I think it's just going to be a, it might be a little bit better, probably a step up in competition, like just like Tarion was. So I'm just going to keep going up in competition and going up in the ranking. Absolutely, and, and you, you make a wise statement there. So many times throughout people's careers we've heard, I'll fight anybody at any given time, and that's not always the wisest decision. Uh, so it's refreshing to hear, to hear a young guy like yourself uh, you, knowing that, that you should pick, pick your fights here and there and uh, obviously take on whatever comers uh, that there may be, but at the same time do what's right for your career and advancing yourself towards your goals as a mixed, mar- mixed martial artist. Um, but, you know, you talk about your age and your height there. Uh, do you think you're going to have to move up at some point, or do you think you'll be able to make 135 as you get a little bit older? Um, no, I think, you know, maybe towards the end of my career, I'll jump up to 45. I mean, it's just so hard to say in this sport. So many things can happen. It's just, it's really, you can't tell. But right now, it's not hard to make 35, so I'll probably just here until, until it is hard. Right, right. Well, again, man, at that, you kind of remind me of like a James Vick in regards to uh, towering over everybody in the division, and that certainly causes problems for any opponent, regardless of style. 
Uh, so you have a huge advantage there. And obviously, as long as you can keep that up, uh, you cer- certainly should do so. But changing gears here for a moment, you know, after the big win on Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series, uh, you got to get stoned with Snoop Dogg, man. That, that, video, that video went viral. First of all, how did that come about? Did he approach you or did you approach him? Oh, it's funny. I remember actually before hearing like Snoop was commentating, I remember telling my buddies, and I think I even said on a few interviews, I said, God, I want to, I want to make Snoop Dogg want to meet me. And so after, after going back and watching it all, Snoop Dogg going crazy, he said, I want to meet that kid, man. That was, that was pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, I said after the fight, I said shout out to Snoop. Um, he got all pumped. One of his, he sent one of his bodyguards to come down and get me. Uh, we went up and hung out for a little bit. And then after, after the show, after all five fights done, after I talked to Dana and got, like, got my contract, um, we, yeah, we went out to his trailer and smoked. It was, it was, it was unreal. It's hard to even, felt like a movie at the time. Right, right, right. Not to mention you're getting all blown out and you're like, oh my God, I'm in a trailer with Snoop Dogg getting stoned right now. Yeah. It's got to be crazy. Yeah, and I had, a, I had to quit smoking. You know, I had smoked for a couple of weeks because I had to pass the test. So I hadn't smoked. Then I just got a contract. You know, I just won my fight. Now I smoke with Snoop Dogg. So I was like extra stoned. Like, the whole, <laughs> I don't know. It was, it, was, it was fun. I haven't talked to him since, though. Everyone always asks. So I, I haven't even talked to him since, though. So. Well, like you said, in a million years, I can't imagine that, that you would have thought that you'd be smoking a blunt with Snoop Dogg after getting the biggest opportunity of your athletic career. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> very, very, very cool stuff. What was the conversation like with him in that trailer, or did you just kind of, you know... We were uh, just passing around joints. Yeah? We were like, we had, like, there was never not a time I didn't have a joint in my mouth. There was like five of them going, just <laughs> passing around, and everyone had one. So I don't even... Um, I didn't even really, we didn't really talk. He was kind of listening to music. I think my fight was replaying off the TV. So I was kind of watching that because I hadn't seen it yet. So Right, uh, just soaking even, it all in. Yeah, I was eating some fucking snacks, hanging out. <laughs> that is awesome, man. Absolutely awesome. Um, what a great story for, for, for the rest of your career. Um, so, you know, while that's obviously really, really cool experience for you, uh, I'm wondering, is, is there any backlash from the UFC following that? No, I haven't gotten any at all. Now, now, given the cannabis is still a banned substance, um, you know, do, do you think that uh, this could potentially be an issue for you going forward? And, and talk a little bit about how, I mean, if, for me, like the things that have happened with Nick Diaz and everything of that nature, it's like, man, come on. If you're, if you're using cannabis, why are we even testing for that at this point? You know, what, what's your stance on all that? Uh, yeah, the, you know, a lot of new rules have passed since the GS brothers got in trouble or got in trouble for it. Um, you just need to know who's, like, in in uh, the Nevada State Athletic Commission. You can test for more than you can in Texas where you can't have any THC in your system. So I just kind of know where I'm fighting. Um, and I've been, like, last fight, I think I quit three weeks out, which was probably a lot longer than I needed to. But I just want to make sure I'm, you know, passing the test. But, uh, yeah, it's it's a silly it's a silly rule. Now we've heard Joe Rogan talk about this, a few others as well. Do you consider it a, form, a performance enhancer? I don't at all. I don't. I don't think it is at all. I have no. I don't know where how you would consider it a performance enhancer. Right. I, the only the only benefit I could see is possibly recovery, but. Yeah, but that, that's like I mean, that protein. Right, right. right. Recovery. <laughs> well, hopefully, with, hopefully, with the conversation going on nationally, you know, attitudes will change on that, 
and, uh, you know, um, not be on the band list anymore. But you see what you see what the Diaz brothers have been able to do with this. I mean, uh, you know, given given the popularity that you've gained just from that video with Snoop, do you see yourself maybe venturing into uh, the cannabis industry in regards to maybe sponsors or partnerships? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I'm always. Yeah, I think so. I think that's going to be a, you know, the cannabis industry has is a multi-million dollar industry and it's just getting bigger. So for sure, I want to get into that and get get some of that money and I want to be a, you know, a front runner for it all. So. Oh, you, you definitely make a great advocate, my friend, without a doubt. Um, so, hey, man, I've only got a couple more questions here for you, but t- tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, working at the MMA lab, the training partners you're working with, and, uh, you know, how you're evolving as a martial artist on a day-to-day basis. So I've been at the lab for, in, in next April, it'll be four years. Um, came down, I was 19. Uh, I was just scrappy, didn't really have much technique, didn't know how to wrestle, knew a little bit of jiu-jitsu. Um, and I just was, I came every morning and then I came to every pro practice. Um, and I really, my skills got, I got really good, really fast. Um, I just know how to, I literally didn't know how to wrestle when I first came down here. And now I'm, you know, take, now I took Terry on down three times in the third round. So I'm just evolving a ton. And, uh, my training partners, like for every opponent, any, anybody has in the lab, we have someone that can pretty much replicate, you know, do something similar to their style. So it's super beneficial training here. You know, we have a ton of, ton of guys in the gym at all times. Um, I've been, a lot of my sparring has been with my buddy Mario. Uh, he's badass. I think he's 3-0, 4-0. He'll be in the UFC eventually. Um, Luis, he's badass. He's been a pro for five, six years. Uh, we've got a ton of guys. This, the list goes on. Kyler Phillips, he was on the Contender Series. Um, he's, five and oh you know we have a ton of guys that are going to be coming up here in the usd soon so and i can train with them every day and we just help each other grow so much absolutely iron sharpens iron man um so tell us a little bit a little bit about working with uh, crouch man you know i think he's one of the most underrated coaches in the business today um yeah i'd imagine you have a pretty good relationship with him yeah um i've i've babysit for him i uh if he goes out of town and his whole family i have you know, relationship. Uh, super, he's super good. Uh, in the in in the game, he knows he knows a lot about what's going on. Um, yeah, and he's nice to have in my corner for sure. He's been in my corner for most of my most of my pro fights, so it's nice having him there. Definitely, definitely. All right, man. Well, in conclusion, you know, what does the future hold for Sugar Sean O'Malley? What can all the MMA fans expect from you? And uh, you know, tell us a little bit about why you know that you're going to be a tight uh, title holder in the, you know, probably the next couple of years. Um, yeah, hopefully I can fight Floyd Mayweather. I heard he's been talking to Dana about getting in the, in the UFC. <laughs> so hopefully that fight, you know, unre- he probably won't ever get in there obviously, but, um, yeah, I want to, I want to just keep building my name and, uh, going out there performing for everyone. You know, every card I'm on, I want everyone to say, you know, that fight is the one I remember the most. That was the best fight. That was the sweetest fight. Um, and every every pro fight I've had, every amateur fight I've every fight I've ever had, you know that's how it goes. So I'm gonna keep going out there and performing. Uh, you know I train hard so I can go out there and perform for people. And uh, yeah, I, that's about. I mean, I see myself becoming a, you know, a superstar, not just uh, not just a champion, but like a superstar. Well, you definitely have that potential. And uh, you know, since you mentioned Floyd there just for a moment, 
it seems like that might be a marketing ploy on both ends. I mean, what realistically, what do you think the chances are that he takes a huge risks risks and steps into mixed martial arts? I don't know. I, I was kind of thinking that maybe their UFC is going to add some boxing to there. But I don't, the chances of him getting in the cage and fighting an MMA fight are so slim. I, I don't think that's, that's realistic. But him coming in over to the UFC and boxing, you know, who knows? That, that's more. But you never know. I never thought Connor would fight Floyd. Dude, so. You never know. You I know, man. Know. I know. As that went on and on, I mean, every week on the show, I was saying to myself, this isn't going to happen. And then, <laughs> and, then <laughs> and then it did. Yeah. So the, the life is crazy. That is for sure, man. But listen, we greatly appreciate the time. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. You know, I know you're not spending it with family, but all your friends and training partners down there in Arizona, uh, anything you want to get off your chest that you thought maybe we missed, missed closing remarks or uh, any shout outs you'd like to get in for your sponsors? Oh, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll shout out a couple of my sponsors. Uh, Sanibal has signed a deal with uh, Sanibal, so I'm working with them now. Uh, then I have another sponsor back home, uh, Lithia Chrysler, Jeep Dodge Ram, Fiat Helena. They've been sponsoring me um, the last few months of this year and then next year, too. So, you know, some sponsors help so much in this fight game because obviously we're not making a ton right away. So, yeah, shout out to them. Absolutely, man. So, again, do you have limitless potential i have no doubt that you'll have a, a great career in mixed martial arts and with the ufc uh again greatly appreciate the time hopefully we can catch up soon uh once that andre sukumata fight gets announced um happy holidays my man merry christmas awesome thanks man you too i appreciate it all right brother All right, Penn Nation, that could have gone worse, but I tried to listen in from the other room. Didn't sound too bad. I won't get into the technical BS that that we've had to go through today, but let's just say we were down to the wire. The software slash uh, website we use to do this broadcast, we'll be leaving them. (laughs) let's just leave it there anyway Sean O'Malley very promising you heard him he's energetic smart kid the stuff he said about uh, being wise about who he's going to fight rather than just taking any and all comers intelligent stuff kids with a great team I mean, the cannabis stuff, you see what the, you guys have seen what the Diaz brothers have been able to do. Very cool stuff from him. And a very exciting fighter to watch. That's the biggest key of all of this. Sure, he's marketable outside of the cage, but man, inside of the cage, kid's a stud. Very bright future. Look forward to speaking with him again. Sugar Sean O'Malley. Uh... Hopefully he does get the fight with Andre Sukumata. However, I would hope that, you know, this wouldn't be one of those instances where it was do or die for Andre. His last fight was do or die. He went out there and put on one hell of a show uh, with just a week or two uh, notice to take that fight. And uh, much props to the Rhode Islander. Although he ignored me getting on the show last week, week before. Whatever. Anyway, BJPenn.com, Radio the Fighter's Voice. 
We're going to keep it rolling here. Coming up next, good friend of the show, always entertaining, brash, outspoken, a modern-day bad guy, taking a page out of the playbook of Chael Sonnen, but taking it to a whole other level, in my opinion. Good friend of BJPenn.com, as I said. Colby Chaos Covington. Always flames when he's on the show. Spits that fire each and every time. This, of course, is no different. Nobody is safe. We talk about all of it, all of his recent targets, all of the recent beef he's had. Kenny Florian, Chase Sherman, of course, RDA, Woodley. I asked him about Kamaru Usman, however, he did not seem very interested in talking about Kamaru. We were supposed to have Kamaru on the show this week as well. What a crazy world this is. Crazy life doing this podcast thing, folks. So anyway, waste no more time. We'll jump right into it. BJPenn.com radio. I'm your host, Jay Kench. This is the Fighter's Voice. Coming up next, our good friend, Colby Chaos Covington. Penn Nation, please welcome back to the show the number three ranked welterweight in the UFC, good friend of BJPenn.com. We should probably start calling this guy Darth Chaos. Of course, I'm talking about Colby Covington. Colby, what's going on, man? Are you home in Oregon for the holidays? What's up, brother? Thanks for having the king of the welterweight division and the undisputed best welterweight in the world back on the show. I'm out here in Eugene, Oregon, in the 541, my home, celebrate, relax. Resting, relaxing, and getting ready to make my mark this year in 2018. I will take over, and I will be the best welterweight of all time. Awesome, man. Awesome. I know uh, rest and relaxation with the family, very, very important stuff. Uh, do you have a holiday party planned or, uh, you know, just kicking it with the immediate family? Yeah, of course. You know, I had to organize an uh, ugly, uh, ugly Christmas sweater party. You know, I got I to gotta be sporting my Merry Christmas, you filthy animal sweatshirt. So, you know, I had to make sure the fam and friends got together for an ugly Christmas party. <laughs> that catch line uh, ties into Christmas pretty well with Home Alone, huh? Yeah, it ties in real good. They go hand in hand. <laughs> so, listen, man, there's a lot to discuss. You've been pretty busy in regards to making headlines, as always. Uh, but let's start with the fights over the weekend. First off, what did you think of Rafael Dos Anjos defeating Robbie Lawler? Were you at all surprised about how that fight played out? Nah, man, I thought, I thought uh, RDA looked slow. He looked old, man. He just he looked like the same guy that had been calling out to Singapore. They had to put him on my undercard when I was on the main card because he didn't want to fight me, and he's been ducking me for a while. So he knows what will happen if we fight. He'll get a young buck who, who hasn't been tested, a guy a guy who hasn't had all those miles on his chin. You know, Robbie Lawler, man, he's old. He's slow, man. His reflexes are shot. He's taken the most hits to the head in UFC history. So, you know, he's slowed down. The guy can't move. He's a hitting duck, you know. So, you know, I don't think that win is very impressive, man. The guy, the guy's shot. You know, he's a he's a former training partner of mine. You know, I used to beat him up in the gym all the time as it is. So, you know, I'd recommend Robbie Lawler retiring because, I mean, he looks bad out there. He probably wouldn't win the amateur fight right now. Yeah, it was really surprising knowing the Robbie Lawler that, we, that we've all seen in, in his past few fights. Uh, you know, Rafael really did put him on and put it on him, but you make a great point there that maybe the mileage of Robbie's long career might be catching up with him at this point. Um, I know you've been after Dos Anjos for a while now. You've called him out yet again after this fight. He declined to comment, 
poke some fun at your Twitter followers. You know, considering that he's blocked you on Twitter and he's, he's refused to fight you and also seemed to, really doesn't seem to be interested with Wonderboy at this point, do you expect him to try to wait out for Woodley to come back? And do you think that's a reality of the UFC making that fight? Uh, yeah, I expect him to wait out because he knows, you know, if he fights another fight, he's not going to have that title shot. It's going to be ripped from under his feet. He's not that good of a fighter. He knows it. You know, he's at the end of his career. He's trying to cash in on one more title fight. But, you know, I, I don't know if the UFC will grant him because, you know, the guys like RDA and Woodley are what's making the UFC fucking bad again, you know? He's out here trying to stake claim to a mountain, but he did, but he needs to get out of the way. You know, Woodley's gone. Time to take time to make this division great again. If people are sitting on their ass like him, calling his shots, that's the reason this division is a mess in the first place. RDA wants to be Woodley. He's going to get skipped. <clears throat> Plain and simple. Regardless if RDA fights me or not, I'm going to take them all down one by one, starting at the top. Anyone that wants to climb up to the mountain is going to get kicked off by King Colby. So uh, I know you had discussed uh, an interim title uh, fight with, with RDA. I mean, how long do you think Woodley's going to be out? Do you think that is a, a real likelihood that there will need to be an interim title? Woodley's going to be out as long as he gets these little extra roles and these little, these little movies in uh, Hollywood where he can go straight to DVD. You know, that's, that's all he's looking to cash in on. He ain't looking to cash in on as welterweight champion anymore. He, he doesn't have it. He's lost a step, and Woodley knows he's lost a step. That's why he fights conservative and backs up and fights. So, you know, I think Woodley's going to be on the sidelines. He's going to keep continuing to go to Hollywood and talk about TMZ and about the Kardashians because he's a gossip girl. That's what he is now. He's not a real fighter anymore. So, you know, I expect Woodley to be out for a good majority of 2018, and maybe we see him back in the winter of 2018. Well, that that would be a long time. So, in to your point, that might justify uh, an interim title uh, for the meantime. You know, I know you poked some, poked a couple jabs at him this week as well. You know, said he's a terrible actor. Um, you know, he was campaigning for the fight with with uh, Nate Diaz, and when that fell through, he opted for the surgery. Do you think he really needed the surgery at this point on his shoulder? No, no, he he definitely didn't need that. You know, I have inside information that that they're saying 100% he didn't need it. You know, that's, he hasn't fought Dave. The last time he fought Damian Mayo, I think it was uh, about six or seven months ago. And, and the doctors have told him, hey, man, you're good. You know, you don't need to get the surgery. But, you know, why would you wait that long to get a surgery if you really needed it? You know, he was just contemplating because he wanted to get the St. Pierre fight. He wanted to get the Nate Diaz fight. And he would fight them. But then once they fell through, he's like, fuck it. You know, I'll use this as an excuse. This can buy me time so I don't have to fight the number one contender, which is me. So, you know, it's a fake, it's a front, you know, and it's fake news. <laughs> Hashtag fake news. Now, uh, along with this, you know, speaking of time and the layoff that he'll have, you had uh, put the idea out there that you guys would coach against each other for the, the next series of tough. I personally think that would have done really well considering all the animosity and, uh, you know, your skills on the mic in front of the camera. Uh, was that something that you came up with, or was that discussed with the UFC at all? Uh, that was discussed with the UFC. Uh, you know, that was uh, an idea they were throwing around with my manager, Dan Lambert, the owner of ATT. So, you know, they were throwing some ideas out there to kind of spice up the show, to bring some, some drama, bring some ratings back to the show. And, and you know, it, it makes sense. You know, Beavers Woodley, that, that's a sell, man. We have a lot of history. This is a, this is this is a big. This is going to be a bigger fight than any fight in UFC, just because of the history and the past, and just all the bad blood and animosity that goes. Just all the little elements that add up to it. You know, being former training partners. You know, this and that. So, 
you know, the, the UFC wanted to make that, and that was the top of their list, but, you know, it's another thing to try and get the diva gossip girl, Tyro Woodley, to sign a dotted contract against me. Yeah, I got to tell you, man, I, I could not agree more. I think that the ratings would have done pretty well. Uh, again, the animosity between you guys, the, everything that you just mentioned there, former training partners, uh, and considering the ratings have kind of been in a slump for the Ultimate Fighter, that would have been a really good move on, on the part of the UFC. But, you know, speaking of tough, uh, Kamara Usman said this week that, that you were offered to coach against him for the next season of tough as well. He also says that you declined to fight him and that you would hurt your toe. Is there any truth to either of those statements? Who is that? I've never even heard of that guy in my life. <laughs> Um, all right, well, we'll move on. I, I, well, actually, tell you what, there was just a couple more things I wanted to cover with him. You know, Helwani had asked Kamaru if he thought that you're a racist. You know, he had said no, but, but uh, he wanted to prove a point to all the immigrants out there. What's your response to that? And do you think he just has a beef with you that, that's maybe uh, from the Black Zillions ATT beef from a few years ago? Man, I, I still have a hard time thinking of who you're talking about. You know, I, if we're talking about Damian Maya, the greatest Brazilian welterweight to ever do it, the guy has the second most wins in UFC history. He is the best Brazilian welterweight. I can't believe that RDA is trying to even compare himself to Damian Maya. Damian Maya would slap RDA silly if they ever had to fight. So, you know, it's just a complete joke that RDA is trying to even consider himself up there as a Brazilian great when he's not even on the level of Damian Maya. All right, fair enough. Now, so with, with Woodley out for the foreseeable future, RDA won't fight you. What's the plan, man? I can't imagine that you want to sit out this long. Yeah, I'm here to make the welterweight division great again, man. I am the king, you know, and I'm an active king. If RDA and, and Woodley are going to sit out, you know, there's only one other logical uh, choice, and that's going to be Wonder Boy. You know, I'm going to have to take him down and beat his ass, you know, cut that little dude up like a pumpkin. Yeah, I, I know that uh, Dos Anjos said, as I mentioned, he called out, uh, or uh, excuse me, what, uh, Thompson had called out RDA. Dos Anjos, again, seems like he's going he's gonna to wait for Woodley. Uh, do you think that's a, a realistic fight to, to make in the next coming months? And is there a timetable for you uh, to make that fight happen? Yeah, of course it's a realistic uh, fight. Look at the rankings, man. The guys you were trying to talk to before, they're not even anywhere close to me in the rankings. I'm number three in the world for a reason, man. So I'm either fighting number two or number one. That's, I'm not fighting behind me, man. I've, I've, had a long, I've had a good career. You know, I've never been touched in my career, never lost a round. It's time, it's time to take my throne, man. This is my division. I've been saying this for a long time. So, you know, the, the RDA thing is a complete joke. You know, the guy, the guy is, is – is three and two in his last five, man. He lost two fights in a row. He got knocked out by Eddie Alvarez. He got beat up by Tony Ferguson. Shit, he got put to sleep by a 45er in Jeremy Stevens. The guy's a fucking bum. I don't know why he's coming up to welterweight thinking he's this great. He's got a win over Tarek Safety in his first fight. He won a decision against a guy that was on a three-fight losing streak. He goes out and submits a Neil Magny who's completely worn out and shot and on a two-fight losing streak of his own. And then he comes out and he beats an old Robbie Lawler, who's on a one-fight win streak and has the most mileage on his chin in UFC history. He's the most hit fighter in UFC history. And Robbie Lawler was on one leg the whole fight. Come on, dude. RDA's not even up for the title shot. I don't even know why they're even talking about him up for a title shot. Let's look at my resume. Let's look at how I finished Damian Maia worse than Tyro Woodley did. He was left in a pile of blood in front of his home countrymen. RDA is not up for a title shot, and I'm getting RDA next. I don't care what they said. I'm the king of Brazil, and I'm going to take my throne, and no one's stopping me right now. Yeah, you had called him out for not living in, in the country of Brazil anymore. 
obviously trying to get under his skin uh, with the comments about his home country. Uh, you would think that he would want to defend that honor uh, to some extent. Are you surprised at all as, at his unwillingness to fight you simply for the fact of the stuff you said about Brazil? Yeah, I'm, I'm completely shocked, you know. But at the same time, I'm not. It's like, you know, I'm shocked that he doesn't want to defend his country, but then I'm like, I think about it, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm the guy that he would have to defend it against. He doesn't want to defend it against me, man. These guys know I'm the best welterweight in the world. That, make no mistake about it. I, I will not be stopped right now. Tyrell Woodley, we trained together. We've had multiple, multiple days, hours, months of training together and he's never beat me one round at American top team. He knows how good I am. He knows I won't be stopped. He knows I'll kill him in a matchup. RDA, same thing. He knows I'm a terrible matchup. He's slow. He's old. His wrestling sucks. His jiu-jitsu is terrible. He knows that he wants to defend his country. He wants to be a hero. He wants that, that image, but he doesn't want what comes with that. He knows me, I'm on the other side and he's not going to be able to take care of that business. So you know, yeah, it's kind of disappointing. You know, he claims to be this Brazilian, this proud Brazilian, but yet he lives in California in a gated community, and, and then he he, play, he claims that he wants to do all these things for Brazil, but then here's your chance to be a true national hero, and you're not even accepting the challenge. So, you know, RDA is a disgrace, man. That guy's a fake and phony. And again, to your point, whether it be for an interim title or a guaranteed number one contender slot, uh, it's definitely the fight that makes sense. So, uh, you know, I agree with you kind of puzzling to, for all the stuff that's on the line for him to potentially fight you. Um, unfortunate that he's unwilling to do so at this point, but let's change gears here from, for a moment. We could spend all day talking about the welterweight division, but you've managed to manage to get under the skin of some lighter and heavier guys recently. Uh, first with Kenny Florian, you guys traded some shots on Twitter. Uh, but at the end of the day, the stuff that you said, I, I thought was pretty hilarious. Uh, hashtag simple Jack. I, I laughed my ass off at that. Uh, what made you go after him on Twitter? Was it something that he said on that episode of UFC Tonight? Yeah, bro. He he's over on UFC Tonight. He's sucking Woodley's dick. I think I think Woodley gave him a pre-screening before the show. Hey, hey, Florian. Uh, if you want to keep riding my nuts, then you have to say exactly what I tell you to say. And that's exactly what happened. Woodley told Kenny Florian what to say word for word, so he could jock his strap even more than he already was. And then Kenny Florian goes out there and he's out here acting impartial. First off, he's a Fox Sports rep. He's not supposed to be acting impartial to fighters or to the show. And he's out here acting impartial against me, and he's plagiarizing. He's a plagiarist in the first place. He shouldn't even have a job with Fox, but I know he got on his hands and knees and he had to stuff Dana off real quick to get back in that job. But let's go. Let's move on. Let's talk about what Kenny Florian and Tyrell Woodley are talking about on the show. Kenny Florian's out here saying, oh, I need to win four or five more fights, blah, 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 three fights more. Motherfucker, are you stupid? Are you that dumb? Like you're a little midget, bro. You got a you got a you got a title shot when you were five and two, and you beat Kit Cope, Alex Carolexis, and a bunch of nobodies that nobody's ever heard of. These guys that are washed up. You never beat even a legend or anybody in the sport. Look at my record. I beat the best Asian superstar in the in the history of the sport, Douglas Kim, and then I beat the best Brazilian welterweight to ever do it. The guy with second most wins in UFC history, Damian Maia, and I left him bloodied and quit and beat. Like, the guy's a complete joke. I'm next in line for the title, or I'm fighting for an interim title. That, that's what it's going to be. So, you know, Kenny Florian's out here act, spreading fake news and being a fake fuck, you know, a plagiarist and an impartial little fuck. So I'm going to call him out, man. I'm the king of truth. I'm a realist. That's what I do. I spread truth. So at the end of the day, it, it, it seems to you, I actually didn't get a chance to watch the clip. I just read your guys, uh, you know, jabs back and forth. But at the end of the day, it's the fact that he uh, – 
he thinks that you need to do a lot more to get a title shot that most people believe you've earned at this point. Yeah, exactly, man. He's just like, oh, you got to beat this guy, and then if you beat that guy, you got to beat this guy, and then if you beat that guy, you got to beat this guy. Like, dude, come on, man. Like, you're a complete joke. I just beat the guy that completely cleared out the division. He beat Carlos Condit in a, in a minute. He choked him out, and that's a former interim champ. I mean, he beat Matt Brown. He beat all these great fighters. He's on one of the longest win streaks in the company's history, man. He cleared out the whole entire division. And I just beat that guy in the most impressive fashion anybody's ever beat that guy. Anderson Silva didn't even beat Damian Maia that bad. He didn't leave him bloody in a, in a pool full of blood. I left him in a, in a pool full of blood, battered and beaten. He was not going to continue. He was already finished at the end of the third round. He wouldn't have came off the stool for the fourth. So, you know, I just, I, I, don't, I don't agree with Teddy Ford. He, I mean, he's a little midget, dude. The fact that he's trying to talk shit to a welterweight when he's a little midget, and he's not even a good fighter as it is, you know, the guy's, a complete joke, dude. So, you know, I had to put him on blast, and, and I hit him. I put him on blast with the truth, you know. So if he wants to come out here and keep spreading this fake news and be impartial because he's riding Tyrell Woodley's jockstrap, then I'm going to call him out for it. Rightfully so, rightfully so. And and I would expect nothing less from you, man. You're always hot on the mic. The insults are, are very clever. Again, simple Jack, I laughed my ass off at that. Uh, <laughs> everybody said he's looked like Ben Stiller for, for years. But – Looking uh, at a heavier weight class, you had a little bit of a spat with uh, Chase Sherman as as well. What happened there? Uh, yeah, I mean, the guy's a complete joke, you know, another joke in the, in the UFC. You know, the guy's a jobber, let's be honest. The guy's a jobber. He doesn't even have a 50-50 win record in the UFC. And he's out here trying to spout off about my name. Motherfucker, I got a 95% win rate. Like, like I'm unbeaten. I've never even been touched in the octagon, man. I, I've never even been knocked down ever, even in, in the training or sparring. Bro, you're out here getting knocked out every fight, dude. Like, he's a complete jobber. So, you know, I had to call him out for what it was. You know, he's out here trying to be this internet sensation, but he's not doing anything that ain't that hard, man. He's just putting a bunch of memes and a bunch of uh, videos of the coolest hot video is in the topic. And it's not even him doing his Instagram or Twitter. That's the funny part. It's his fake-ass manager, Malki Kawa. That's that fake fuck trying to build his guy's brands and talk shit to me back. So, you know, it wasn't even like a really direct shot at, at Chase Sherman. It's more at fucking Malki Kawa trying to talk shit behind Chase Sherman's account. So you think you think Malki's got it out for you? Yeah, of course he's got it out for me. He's fuck. Don't you think, bro? He's John Jones' fucking manager. He's Tyrone Woodley's manager. Why would Why wouldn't that fake fat fuck have it out for me? Yeah, you make a great point there. I know you've had a a, a lot to say about Jones and obviously Woodley. Uh, do, do you think he's maybe just trying to defend his fighter, or do you think he literally has a uh you know a specific beef with you? Oh, he has a specific beef with me, and he's gonna he's gonna use every fighter that he has, every outlet from every fighter that he has to take shots at me and downplay my career. That's what it is, man. That's the game. All these little fake fucks out there, Malky Kawa. He's used on all his little. Lo- lower level fighters, you know, to, to take shots and make call out me to degrade my career and kind of hold me down a little bit. But, you know, I can't be hold down, man. All these little fuckers are getting exposed for what they are. They're fake. Well, I got to tell you, man, you make, you make a point there speaking about managers. Uh, you know, Dan Lambert really does have a great mind for the sport and the stuff you guys have done together. Uh, you know, I've praised you for, for the heel role all this time. And I got to say uh, more people should, more managers should be inclined to, maybe push their fighter to, to, to be that way. So <clears throat> it's very good stuff that, you know, Dan is on board with everything that you're doing. Uh, but listen, man, the biggest news of all, in my opinion, was the spoiler of Star Wars. 
Man, did that piss people off. What was the back like, backlash like from that? Man, let's be honest. Star Wars is for nerds and virgins. I did them a favor, Jason. They should be thanking me instead of sending me death threats. And no, I didn't watch it, Jason. I got laid. I went to Reddit. All my haters are virgins, so it was an easy way to ruin their pathetic lives. <laughs> you know, I, I was going to ask, was that your inner bad guy coming out, or did you actually see the movie and you were upset with it? But it sounds like you just went to Reddit and decided to spill the beans. <laughs> Come on, man. I, I ain't got two and a half hours to waste of my fucking life on some retarded movie like that. I'd rather just ruin it for all the nerds and virgins in the world. That's all my my haters anyway. <laughs> Listen, I think at the end of the day, man, there's much bigger stuff going on in the world. And, uh, you know, people for people to get upset about a movie spoiler really says something about, you know, where the culture is headed. Uh, I honestly found it pretty entertaining. But you did receive death threats. Yes, I did re- receive death threats. I, You know, people said they were going to bomb my house in Oregon. People were saying that they hope ISIS burns my family and this and that. So they were taking it a little too far. <laughs> Jesus, man. Really? ISIS? Yeah, ISIS. I hope ISIS burns your family. Wow. Wow. All over Luke Skywalker dying at the end of a movie. What a shame. Yeah. <laughs> what a shame. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. All right, man. Well, at the very least, it's been another incredible, entertaining, incredibly entertaining week for you. Uh, in conclusion, what does Colby Chaos want for Christmas, and what's your next move? Colby Chaos wants what he's rightfully earned. That's a shot at the world title, whether it be a shot at the at the real gold against Tyrell Woodley or be against the interim title against RDA. You know, Woodley's going to be on the sidelines, so I deserve my interim shot. It, it makes sense. You know, I'm going to get that interim, and then I'm going to bitch slap Woodley with the interim paddle. So RDA needs to quit hiding. He needs to come out and defend his country in Brazil. I am the king of Brazil. If he wants to be a hero in Brazil, he needs to come fight me for this interim. All right, man. Listen, always appreciate the time. Happy holidays to you and all your loved ones, man. Uh, we, we always appreciate having you on. Always a pleasure to speak with you. Any shout-outs you'd like to get him before we let you go? Yeah, big shout-out to BJ Penn Radio for always voicing my, my voice and, and uh, Dan Lambert and American Top Team. None of this is possible without Dan Lambert, the man. We're taking over the game, man. We're going to be simultaneous world champs in the UFC and WWE at the same time. Mark my words. You, hear, you heard it here first. All right. I, and, I... and make sure you give a big shout-out to my boy, JLP Saunders. He's got a big fight coming up. He's going to fucking – he's going to beat the Twinkies out of Rampage Jackson, so – Big shout-out to my boy, Chael Son. I love that dude. Yeah, have you guys got a chance to catch up at all since you've been back home in Oregon? No, not yet, man. I've been a little sick. You know, I had a little bronchitis, so uh, I haven't been able to do much. I've been kind of resting last But I'm going to see him, man. i got another week here, so I'm going to go visit him. All right, cool. Very good. Again, always a pleasure, Colby. Uh, looking forward to all the big things in the future and, and uh, catching up again soon. Again, have a great holiday and a Merry Christmas uh, to you and all your family, bro. Happy holidays, you filthy animals. <laughs> All right, later, man. Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. That tagline definitely goes well with the season. Tis the season for Kobe's trolling. There you have it, folks. More fire from the man himself, Kobe Chaos Covington. Love speaking with the guy. I, I know he catches a lot of hate for what he's doing, but again, I keep saying this on the show. He's getting the opportunities he, he wants. 
you all keep talking about him. He's generating headlines on what seems to be a daily basis. He's doing something right. And for everybody that hates him, you're only playing into his game. Sure, I might encourage it quite a bit, but I like I, I enjoy seeing what the, what the guy's been doing. Yes, I do talk about uh, the days of the Bushido Code, and I, I would like us to get back there. But in order to do that, it's going to require the fans paying attention to all the incredible athletes in this sport that don't talk trash. And unfortunately, and fortunately, I mean, it's very entertaining. The entertainment value is, uh, you, you can't doubt it whatsoever. But yes, I would like to see us go back to maybe more of a Bushido code. We're in the era of trash talk now. So I guess for the time being, let's enjoy the ride, right? Lots to say about Dos Anjos. Went off on Melky Kawa there. I did not expect that one. And the and the Star Wars stuff is absolutely freaking hilarious. Calling <laughs> calling <laughs> calling Kenny Florian Simple Jack. That is some clever shit, folks. <laughs> like the Ben Stiller thing has been there time and time again. We all know that there's actually a really funny video floating around on YouTube of Kenny Florian doing Ben Stiller impressions. Uh, very, very funny stuff, but simple Jack, man, that's a low blow. <laughs> very funny. So again, props to Kobe. Big thanks to him for, for coming on the show. Uh, we greatly appreciate his time and uh, always a cool conversation. I know you guys enjoy them very much. Big thank you to Sugar Sean O'Malley as well. Our first guest of the evening, very promising young prospect. Um, like I said, if the stars align, he has huge, huge, huge potential uh, to be something very big in the sport. And what a cool story about getting stoned with Snoop Dogg in the back of uh, Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series. Big thank you to Tom Taylor, our own Tom Taylor, for setting up the interview with Sean. Also, huge thank you to him for... Uh, sending me some questions. <clears throat> this is all kind of a last moment thing. And, uh, you know, given the time frame that, that we needed to get it done, he sent me over some questions and, uh, that, that is greatly appreciated. Big thank you to Scott as well. Trying to help me through all this technical BS today. Uh, it seems that in the very near future, if not next week, we will be on YouTube folks or something different. Um, and shit on behalf of the whole team. Everybody at BJPenn.com, Drake, Chris Taylor, Justin, Tom, Russell, Scott. On behalf of all of us, BJPenn.com, we wish you guys a great holiday. Happy Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Merry Christmas, whatever it is that you celebrate during these holidays. I hope that it is an amazing weekend for you, and there's tons of laughter and love with your family. I know there will be with mine. Make sure you guys tune in next week, BJPenn.com, BJPenn.com Radio. This is the fighter's voice and the voice of you guys, the fans. Bookmark us. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Google+. Subscribe and share this podcast. We greatly appreciate that as well. And again, folks, hope you all have a happy, happy, happy holiday. And I don't want to end it on a on a bad note, but rest in peace, Robert Follis. Let's all 
pay our respects to him in, what, in whatever way you see fit. Everybody in that area of Team Quest, I encourage you to go uh, to the open mat and just check it out. You know, pay your respects to a, to a legendary coach. So that's it, everybody. BJPenn.com, Radio the Fighter's Voice. I'm your host, Jay Kinch. We will be live again next Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Make sure you tune in. BJPenn.com, everything you crave from the sport you love. We have got you covered, guys. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Peace out. We'll catch you all next week.
Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Geico presents unhelpful home improvement how-tos. A slippery bathroom floor can result in expensive hospital bills. So today, I'll show you how to cushion a serious fall by filling your bathroom with thousands of plastic balls. Just nail a piece of plywood across the doorway and dump in 2,000 multicolored plastic balls. You could try to protect yourself with a bathroom full of plastic balls, or you could get liability coverage through the GEICO Insurance Agency. Visit GEICO.com and see how affordable renter's insurance can be.